Welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, episode uh, 43. Three. 43, yeah. We did um, it. We made it 43 episodes. Uh, this is a, uh, well, well, we'll get through the pleasantries first. Um, um, my name is Michael Deebs. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, my name is Michael Deebs, and I'm the host. I am joined, as always, by Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle, at Dinkdaloos. And uh, John, the producer from the Instagram handle, uh, Discopathic. Mm. It is the 14th of May, 2021. Um, John, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing doing pretty good. Uh, I barely know where I am, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you uh, you you're you're adhering to our strict drug policy, um, <laughs> and may have imbibed some things before we started. It's important, uh, Dorian. How how are you doing today? I'm all right. Uh, in three days, I'm going to suddenly be an entire year older than I was uh, today. Really, your birthday's already? It's coming. It's I didn't coming. know that. May seventeenth. Now people can steal my identity. Um. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, so a whole year will pass suddenly in the blink of an eye, uh, as it did, uh, and, um, otherwise, uh, you know, inshallah. Uh, when, when you said that, uh, uh, you know, somebody might be trying to steal your identity, Mm -hmm. imagine like somebody's got like this spreadsheet and they've got all your, your information, (laughs) like your social security number and all that. It just needs birthday. Yeah. All they were missing was your birthday. Oh. <laughs> your your home address, your social security number, your like mother's maiden name, and they're like, oh, if only I knew his birthday, I could have all of his money. Just like a stamp of my butthole and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for those those weird toilets that like identify you by your butthole. Oh yeah, those do exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we don't have to get into that probably. How are you doing, Mike? We never ask you how you're doing. You guys really never do, and I, I appreciate I mean, you asking. Me. You know, I'm actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, my, my work life is gone to hell. Um, everything is bad in the world. Mm -hmm. That's true. I suffer from anxiety all the time, but, but, but I have run a podcast for a full year now. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the 10th was the, uh, the anniversary of the, uh, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon podcast. Um, we didn't always record on uh, Fridays. We we clearly did not. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because we got 43 episodes. We're missing 10. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're we missing a couple of episodes mm-hmm. here and there. Um, but, you know, uh, that are was... Are there 10 federal holidays? How many federal holidays are there? I, I don't think there's... Can use that ex- I don't it, think there's 10, and it had much more to do with mental health than anything else, I think. Yeah, whatever. And uh, dro- driving dogs <laughs> places. Yeah, and driving dogs places. Yeah. It's been a hell of a year. Uh, it uh, has. Uh, we're, we're trudging on. What a... Um, yeah. so, so, in honor of the year um we're we're going to be taking a shot here of mm-hmm. uh a smirnoff vodka 
not a not a sponsor of the show yet. That's a bummer. Uh, but we're we're hoping we're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, you know the the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Just a little history factoid uh, started. Uh, because of a tag group I created to troll Jordan Peterson fans, which was uh, thoughts from uh, uh, experimental Russian benzo rehab dungeon. Uh, and I would just, you know, anytime I saw a post from like a Jordan Peterson fan, I would just drop that little tag group in there on Facebook. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if uh, Smirnoff, which is a Russian vodka maker, right? I I don't know. Probably I don't not. think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. Hey, I don't think it's actually made yeah. in Russia. <laughs> Anyways, they got mm. a Russian sounding name. Um, mm. And, you know, if they S- want to sponsor S- the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. It would be cool. That's I'm, Vidania, I'm not going to do know, any ads whatever. for them or anything like that because I'm against them. Yeah. Uh, but We've been receiving uh, uh, a small trickle of, uh, of uh, people asking to put ads on the show. And it's very funny. It is that is funny. funny. Yeah, that, it's funny that they've reached out to you and not me too. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird, but uh, which is the right call because you're the more social of us, I think. That's true. Yeah, yeah. out of the two, I'm, of a, us. I'm a gregarious uh, little boy. Mm-hmm. I'm a people. I'm a peephole person. <laughs> so, in honor of mm-hmm. the uh, the the year anniversary of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, let's mm. uh, let's raise our uh, got to point it towards the camera. Uh, cheers. Is this a Dave and Buster's thing? Yes. <laughs> Just take the fucking shot. You were a Marine. Yep. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Goes down smooth. Excellent. Made out of vodka. Man, that is made of vodka. What do uh, they do to it? You know, I don't think they take some potatoes and just like keep them in a barrel or no, something. No, I'm talking about like they they have. Oh. I know how distilling works, but like <laughs> they had vodka and how they turn it into Smirnoff. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, that's very different. They- <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, and that's not the uh, the subject of tonight's uh, topic. Come on, um, man! I don't want to talk about the rest of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so our, so our primary our primary topic mm-hmm. is uh, is going to be Israel and Palestine. Uh-huh. One, um, one of which is a state. One of and which one of which people seem to think is right. Yeah, and you may be surprised what the Benzo <laughs> Rehab Dungeon uh, uh, which official which? stances about Israel and Palestine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's official now that John's here. He might be like a Zionist or something. He definitely is. He's got that. He's got that vibe. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. He's oh, just okay. like well, he admitted you to know. it. If like, you know what, I'm just gonna say that uh, you know John. He's a nice guy, and I enjoy talking with him and stuff, but I'm pretty sure if I ever threw a rock at his tank, <laughs> <laughs> I would be back, here. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, it's just pro- totally proportional if for me to fireball him. Yeah. 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 yeah and we'll, we'll get into uh, why it's, it's so disproportional yeah. in a little bit. Um, also, it's, it's uh, you know, Mike, I, you know, I, I used to live with Mike, and, um, it was always kind of weird to me, and not calling you a Zionist or anything, <laughs> <All right. laughs> but it was weird that the the fence in your backyard would, like, every other day kind of expand. Just, yeah, just move, a, just move a little bit towards uh, my... my uh, 
yeah my arab neighbors <laughs> yeah it was weird it was it was uh it made me a little uncomfortable but i was willing to put up with it because i uh am a coward well and you know you also have to think about the fact that i have a right to self-defense yeah yeah that's true and what what a little play what is on a words better... there with with fence and, <laughs> and defense and i was you, actually you making fence jokes with my dad yesterday oh, weirdly. Okay. um but um Look yeah. at this guy who has a relationship with his father. I mean, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Privileged. Yeah. <laughs> I should, I should, as yeah, if, I should as uh, if catch white my privilege. skin wasn't enough. Check here's, my privilege. He's got to tell us that his dad and him talk. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, let me guess, your dad was supportive. Ooh, Ooh no. Let's, we won't go that <laughs> yeah, far. We don't have to, yeah, we don't have to go into oh, family yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gross. I'm making a, uh, I'm making a shitty joke on Dorian's expense, so. Um, it's um, nothing new, really. You just remind me of my dad. Yeah. I'm just going to say, you know. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike. Mike and I would make great dads. Uh, John, I feel like you'd probably make a good dad too, but I don't. I've never met you in person, so I feel like maybe you have like a a stink that like overwhelms people, or or, or like <laughs> vibes that come off that like cause people's arms to fall off or something. But but from my experience that I've had with you over the internet, you you seem like you. I don't know. I don't have you guys, know. Do you have you guys shared dad pics yet? We should. Uh, have we shared shared what now? Whole picks. Whole picks. Oh, whole picks, whole, not whole oh, picks. Whole pick. Oh yeah, that'd be I mean, weird. I'm totally down. It's uh, like uh, we got a group chat. I don't know why we're not like getting yeah, we got to use that yeah. more advantageously. Why are we doing a podcast right now instead of sharing our holes on a group chat? <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get this let's get this under control. Jimmy. Fine, fascist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna go on a rant about the. Uh, the gasoline panic buying stuff. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, do yeah. it. Sh- should I do that? Yes, of course you should. Okay, that's news. If you don't <laughs> understand why people are terrified of a gas shortage, please fucking check your life. Like ch- check your understanding of the fucking world. Um, yeah, is it stupid to put uh, put gasoline in a uh, in a shopping bag? Of course it is. Dumber <laughs> to put it in a shopping cart. Do you think that somebody is, is putting it in a trash bag because they aren't desperate and at the end of their fucking like rope with tragedies they can't stop or control or contain and a state that has consistently failed them over the last year through a deadly pandemic and an economic crisis? Do you think somebody's putting gasoline in a fucking trash bag because they think everything is good in the world and that they can uh, rely on on a steady supply of income if they can't make it to work and therefore lose their jobs? Do you think somebody's putting gasoline in a fucking trash bag because things in our country are fine? Maybe. Because if you answer yes to all those questions, you're fucking <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I, I, I really hate to, like, I, and, I, and I've seen some of the most grotesque, like, shaming of these people who are clear like yeah are well, there a couple of like maybe sort of middle classes people stocking up on a bunch of gasoline tanks and then i see yeah. all these like ridiculous things like you guys know that gasoline goes bad after it sits for a while okay yeah a year from now they're not buying a yeah. year supply so, of fucking yeah. gas believe like, it or not so yeah. does rice and beans well, right like, long enough yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean it's um how many not even just statewide, but nationwide fucking uh, catastrophes have we had 
John, you you live in Texas. You experience <laughs> what happens when in- infrastructure fails. Did did you oh, yeah. were you smart enough to to somehow avoid that because you you know you've got a really good worldview? No, you just live in a place and the place fucking failed because the state has failed, right? Yeah, and I mean like and it's multiple things in Texas. It's not just the the snowstorm. Of course. Uh, like the state's just like falling apart. Yeah, and and that's what's yeah. happening nationwide. And so when when this pipeline gets hacked, and the the reason that the pipeline has been hacked is because we're running off of really old fucking technology that nobody in the state is requiring these pipeline uh, uh, runners, these these operational pipeline people to upgrade and enhance and like find new protection protection measures or for. or new technology with back doors we built into it so that, <laughs> so the that's government the other thing yeah we, yeah we have we have an entire yeah. Yeah. E- economic structure on on zero day hacks built into how the government approves technology right so a pipeline gets shut down and what are the fucking people who uh who sell gas do they raise the fucking cost and that makes yeah. people fucking panic because they're they're wondering <laughs> to, how much is this going to rise. I think there's a there's an important clarification, if only a clarification uh, that helps us hate the right people. Go ahead. But okay, so I know that most people that listen to this uh, are probably smart enough to know that it's not like your local gas station that's responsible for changing the prices of the gasoline. No, of course not. But neither is it necessarily the people that are selling the gas, weirdly enough. It's it's the it's the futures market that's ultimately yep. responsible for this. Yeah. And the reason that it's the futures market, I let me prove this right now. Well, in, I was, was going to go into one enough, of our older episodes where we uh, saw oil hit negative prices price yeah yeah and of course we didn't see negative prices in in the stations but we saw it saw it hit under a dollar a gallon even in california which was incredible um but uh but my proof for it is that we before the oil even stopped flowing the changes start the, the prices started to change yep right and that is only occurring if you were in fact focusing on what's about to happen which is what the future's market you're, is you're based compensating on. You're, for something that might happen right yeah. you're looking at the future yep. it's the fucking stock market that, that is responsible for how violent the changes are of course there there's going to be this whole um there's going to be this process of supply trying to reach demand and, and vice versa that's going that is something that occurs um but the futures market is something that absolutely inflames and makes that worse um, stabilize some of it too, but yeah. Um, so let's see where, where was I? I was calling people fucking stupid. Super. And then I did a complaining about the yeah. stock market. I mean, thing. You're, you're, we're just you're doing right our to do usual that. I, I was eventually yeah, going just, to work we're just it into being that. us by, by people who sell gas. That's what I was most. No, I know. I know. To. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't critic- think you were making a critique of right. that anyways. So anyways, uh, so go ahead and have your fucking giggles, but realize that this is a sign <laughs> of a fucking failed state. And, right. and, to think that it's actually smart to trust that the failed state is going to like correct and and give these people some kind of relief in some way you're the stupid one if you think that right yeah. i mean that's that's another that's a really important thing to to think about right which is the 
the reason that so many people are watching people put gasoline in plastic bags and are like, <laughs> look at these fucking losers. It's because what they the trust, they trust the system because, that is right. failing be, be, repeatedly. Be, be, because because yeah. they are preoccupied with this idea of the enemy is this like poor down on their luck hillbilly, but down on their luck because they're stupid, and, yeah. but they're stupid geographically. Uh, right. Which is, Why don't you I'm just not going to say that that's uh, something like racism or anything, but that's kind of like racism, uh, <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> uh, but, but, but that there are these people who are geographically stupid or stupid by choice, who um, are down on the luck because they're stupid, and all you have to do ultimately, apart from be born in the right family and apart from like be born like with enough capacity and opportunities on your own. On capacity, that's his own complicated thing about whether or not that's, you know, inbuilt or not, and in which ways it is or isn't. Um, but that you, the, the, the way that you succeed in life is by trusting the right experts, right? And listening to the right pieces of authority. Um, and it's really, it's funny because there's always that complaint, or not complaint, but there's, there's that really, hysterical, cringeworthy thing that I hear all the time, which is like, uh, you know, conservatism is new punk rock. And oh, the, Jesus Christ. Which is not in any way true, <laughs> but the only way in which it is true is that fucking, if if your entire politics are center, center right, right, where, mm -hmm. where Obama's on one extreme end and fucking uh, uh, Bush, Jr., Bush Jr. on the other, um, you... You look at people on the left as being people who are obsessed with having their balls stepped on. And <laughs> right. you look at people on the right as being just fucking psychopaths. Uh, so, I mean, you know, which party is Sid Vicious going to pick? But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's my. Oh, that was good. That was good. Um, so, yeah, maybe. Uh... Fuck, I don't really know where to go from there on that um, uh, that piece. Just don't be a fucking like. like yeah. Don't be an elitist. The, the, prick. The, the, the thing that I saw with the, with the the lady that was filling a trash bag full of or not a trash bag, but like a grocery bag full of gasoline. Like, if you're gonna analyze her actions enough to be like, <laughs> well, actually, the gasoline is gonna eat through that bag because of the polymers that the plastic, which is which is take true. a take a closer <laughs> look at that fucking video and recognize that she's wearing an apron, right? Mm. She's wearing a white shirt with a fucking black apron on and black pants. What kind of fucking job do you think that person has? Yeah. It probably has some kind of fucking service job, some kind of some kind of job where they're serving food to people or something right. like that, right? And uh, you know, yeah, she's making a bad choice. Maybe she knows it, maybe she doesn't know it, but she's reached a point of desperation in her life where she has to make that bad choice or feels like she's made the calculation in her head that like, yeah, I don't know if this bag's going to hold, but it's better than me losing my job because I can't make it to work. I, you know, I haven't seen that image specifically. Uh, it's, I've seen it's probably a lot good of to these. Just, yeah, it's probably good around. to just shut it out anyways. Right. But. But the one that I do think is actually genuinely funny because it, it is not desperation. It's just stupidity is is someone that has a laundry basket that is just it, it's nothing but holes on the side. Yeah, but I think that was that's staged. very funny. I think that was staged. I mean, it it's was just staged a still, or not. It's yeah. funny. No, it is. It know? is funny. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know. My brain's done some stupid shit. So I could see you're pulling it out and then being like, oh, wait, this is fucking wrong. And yeah, then that, that won't work. Yeah. 
Regardless. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't don't be a fucking asshole to desperate people. Understand how people are desperate. But there are still, I will still absolutely argue that there are quite a few ski-doo dealers that currently have a uh, a truck that has a good, like, I don't know, 60, 70 well, gallons of, of gasoline sitting in the back of, of it. Of course, there's going to be um, opportunists yeah. and shit right, like that. But, right. you know, it's... it's so it's and, mixed. And you also, like you also have right? to understand that that's just their own form of desperation because they're... Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to capitalize on a bad situation because yeah. I think that that's going to give them a little advantage in life. And that's, I, that's just yeah. another form of desperation to me. Right. I've been, well, I've like, been reading uh, uh, Kierkegaard recently, and I know that no one that listens to this wants to hear about Kierkegaard. No, they do. <laughs> Maybe so, they do. some of them do. There's there's got to be one or two listener that exactly. Does. <laughs> um, some of them are here because of my dumb meme bit. So. <laughs> um, but uh, he talks about how the sickness unto death is despair. Mm. Um, and of course, it's that's funny because despair can't kill you unless you kill yourself kind of thing. But also, there are a lot of funny things that uh, he has to say about killing yourself. Um, but the he he maps out despair as, as being uh, one of three different versions, right? Uh, one of them is knowing who you are and hating it, uh, <laughs> not knowing who you are, uh, or... Fuck, what is the third one? I don't remember necessarily, but but all of them are related around knowing or not knowing yourself. Sure. Or being in like different forms of denial or or or, or whatnot. And uh, I think that's so good with like prepper fantasies and stuff, as but, well as the fantasies of like projecting and this whole like kind of double negation thing you've seen like Fanon and Satwa and, and, and whatnot with like liberals looking at them and being like, look at those fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all these different forms of despair. <laughs> it's really fascinating. I, I haven't read Kierkegaard since like community college and so this is uh this has been fun look, for me so I, guy, I needed to bring a, it up he has a college experience outside of community college what a guy <laughs> <laughs> i think that's uh that's about all we need to touch on with that unless john with has uh, yeah, no more oh, oh no I, I mean the, the gas thing <laughs> the, the only thing too is like uh the last gas shortage that we had in texas because of the hurricane uh that affected us real bad uh here uh uh oh and the, where I live in Austin, it's right on the outskirts, and there's a lot of blue-collar uh, businesses, uh, plumbers, electricians, and stuff. And, like, you'd see people in, like, Lexuses in arguments with guys with uh, the uh, the gas pump trucks where they have, like, mm. a tank. Yeah, but yeah. it also has, like, a local logo on it because these people want to be able to work for the next, like, one to two weeks because most no, uh, shit. tradesmen get paid weekly. Yeah, so yeah. if the trucks can't run for a week, none of their employees get paid. Yep. So and and it doesn't matter if the employees can get to work because their equipment won't run. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. we're 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 clearly a nation that runs off yeah. of uh, gasoline. Yeah. A, a nation that runs off of yeah, oil, well, but and, gasoline and prioritizing. Through uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 higher classes of people, I guess. Uh, the upper middle, the uh, upper yeah. middle class and right. shit like that. Yeah, it's always fun to me whenever whenever I see somebody, you know, like shaming people for panic buying stuff. I always think to the fact of like, okay, you're gonna shame this person for for panic buying maybe more toilet paper than they need for the next couple of months. How much toilet paper do you think a rich person has 
who owns, you know, several different homes and, and they're not even like managing how much toilet yeah. paper they have in these homes. <clears throat> like there are people who every fucking day buy way more than they need to buy. Yeah. And the, the shame, yeah. the average person who's terrified of their survival because they're buying more than they need mm-hmm. for, for, you know, a couple of weeks is, is disgusting yeah. when you have rich people who do this every fucking uh, day. I, most yeah. of my hospice clients were extraordinarily wealthy people. Um, so I have, I have lived in homes that you needed to traverse the property in a golf cart, like, and I'm not talking farms, like, like marble and glass homes. You can't can't make it across a farm in a golf cart. That's (laughs) largely (laughs) true. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but the primary difference that I noticed in all of the houses, because of course there were differences in all of them where it's like, this one happens to be made of fucking marble. Um, (laughs) The difference between my home and theirs was generally just that when I would run out of soap, I didn't have any more soap. Right. That's, that was just the, the reality that it was constantly hanging over my head is if I ran out of anything, it was gone and I'm fucked. Um, but with them, they always had a massive amount of everything they could need. It was it was bizarre. And, and, and I, I remembered that that was the moment that I decided, like, that's how you know that your life is finally working. Yeah. When or, you're you not have... worried about toilet paper anymore. <laughs> right. You, right. You, uh, you know that uh, if you run out in, like, the immediate yeah. to- toilet area you're in, there's, like the other toilet area where that has a stock stock of it. Or- right. Right. If, if, if you check under the sink and there's toilet paper under there and then you think I'm getting a little bit low on this, but I have like another eight pack in the, in the fucking uh, garage yeah. and you happen to have that same experience with literally everything you own, then either you're a hoarder or you're doing like better than I have done in most periods of my life. Um, oh. You know, I, if, I think uh, if you needed a golf cart to get across that property, they had a storeroom of toilet paper. Of course, they, yeah. they have some kind of yeah. like, like warehouse like thing going on. <laughs> right? Yeah. That was that was the crazy yeah. house. That was the really ridiculous one. Um, but uh, like driving the golf cart through the rose garden kind of house, <laughs> um, it was <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it also sucked dick because surprise, yeah. that guy was extremely cruel. Uh, weird weird i know right wow, weird how what? the extremely rich guy was also very r- rude and cruel he, he literally owned his community oh jesus like he owned all the property oh. that everyone lived on like on a mountain i'm not going to say anymore cuz i'll get sued but yeah um but yeah that was gnarly um but uh yeah so so, so related to a lot of the stuff i did want to point out something of a uh, a correction from a few weeks ago we did oh yeah i'm sorry i never gave you a chance to do that no you're cool i mean this this connects yeah, to cool. what we were talking <laughs> you know, cool i'm wearing sunglasses right now no um, i got my autism dad shirt on <laughs> but, cool uh, shit, man. <laughs> but when we do did the accelerationism episode um one of the contradictions that I didn't bring up, which is really the primary contradiction that most people talk about when they're talking about the contradictions of capital, but the one that I focus on the least, kind of, because it's the most obvious, um, is the contradiction that Lenin was talking about. And also because I'm not a tanky, and I, I don't want to talk about Lenin uh, uh, very much. <laughs> but but the the contradictions in an additional sense, on top of the kind of 
quasi-Hegelian sense and on top of this sense of this accelerating market and debt economy are simply that when the world starts falling apart around you, you view contradictions in the world by being like, oh my God, this is supposed to be the cool good world and I uh, my life is bad <laughs> and not good. Uh, and that's a contradiction, which is maybe you can see why I didn't bring it up. But, yeah, but, that but does seem Because obvious. it's so incredibly obvious, but right. it, that's also the one of the important motors in like moving all this stuff forward. And the primary thing that people are really talking about when they say accelerationism and accelerating contradictions is just making people more miserable. But also that's part of why I don't want to focus on that as being the yeah, yeah, primary yeah. part. Because Understandable. It, it kind of doesn't need to be. And also fucking we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. No, not, no, that's Not good. to say that I'm necessarily con- uh, an acceleration decider. I mean, that's complicated too. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, the the quick and easy of that is uh, good accelerationists understand that uh, accelerationism isn't a good thing. It's just happening, right? Yeah, I mean, that's my that's my general feeling is that accelerationism is unconditional. Um, and so that's that's my that's not the absolute uh of my thought but no, that, 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 that's dirty. a very good summary of it uh whereas some other people are just like we got to zoom zoom boom boom yeah so that, like, that's the only way that we get into the future it's cool zoom, zoom, boom boom <laughs> yeah and it's like no and no, if no, we no. zoom zoom boom boom enough that means that yeah there's going to be periods of strife but yeah. uh we'll, we'll end up better because of it yeah, I mean, like most of my thought around uh, philosophy or economics or, or literature or language, it's all descriptive rather than prescriptive. Some, like it's uh, some screen of uh, Smirnoff yeah, just I popped onto my... Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah, it's it's difficult for me to say, like, this is how we should do things. It's better for me to try to sort out how things are happening. Yeah. And then no, folks no. can sort it out for themselves. Yeah. I, th- I think once <laughs> when, you, when you show the how... Mm-hmm. The uh, the what and and what we should do um, right kind of becomes more obvious. Sometimes, I mean, that's that comes and goes in waves. Where like sure. at one, you 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 gain a huge amount of knowledge, and you're like, ah, oh, this is exactly what we need to do. And then you learn a little bit more, and you're like, oh, never mind, I have no fucking idea where I am or what I'm doing. And then that <laughs> happens, like that oscillates. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. I mean, the the obvious thing to me is to move to into a cabin in the woods and uh, right. Right. disassociate right. from society. Uh, so we we have a a primary topic, uh, <laughs> uh, which is Israel, and and we haven't touched it uh, over the thirty minutes that we've been talking. No, we've mentioned uh, how legitimate Israel is. Yeah, we did mention that. We did mention that John is a Zionist. That's true, and that so are you, um, maybe a little bit. Crypto Zionist. Yeah, Crypto Zionist. Mm. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so, so uh, cl- clearly joking about uh, John being a Zionist. Uh, and by the way, yes. he, he's allowed uh, to show his face this podcast because he made uh, appropriate apologies to the uh, ethnic group that he uh, slandered in yeah. another episode. Actually, each individual of the of the insulted party, uh, he yeah. he reached out he, to. He, he's, yeah. There's been millions yeah. of emails. Yeah. Um, With uh, billions. It wasn't females. It was it was uh, 
Did someone say females? I thought, oh, oh, emails. You said emails. Oh, I yeah. thought you said yeah, yeah, females. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, I was like, whoa, whoa, let's not call John a misogynist. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's just yeah, a racist no, against... Uh... <laughs> but also, we, 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 we did do a blood test. So much. <laughs> we did do a blood test on John. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... We, we stabbed him and took a <laughs> sample of his blood. <laughs> yeah. He's licking our blades like the Joker. The, the, the HR lady was mm-hmm. particularly uh, into it, I think, which is kind of weird, and maybe we should talk about that late, later, but... Yeah, she was wearing yeah. Joker <laughs> makeup the whole time, too. Um, uh, Israel. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. Yes, Israel. We're, we're really avoiding this, huh? Yeah, because yeah. it sucks to talk it about. It does suck. And, yeah. and, you know, we're going to be called anti-Semitic Buddy. by the IDF if they, have, if they ever find our podcast. Buddy, only, like, one in seven or eight of the people that have been killed in Gaza have been kids. Yeah, on, yeah, no, only the, only the amount that, of civilian yeah. casualties like, that just, have just under there. 20 children and like 80. Well, uh, the kids should have known that they were on a Hamas, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, Hamas, uh, yeah. like weapons storage grounds or something. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just what they always say, right? Like, they blow yeah. up a building and they say, Oh, I belong to Hamas, right? What can you do, right? And it's like, No, that's maybe Hamas had like, first off, uh, Israel pretty well known to be assassinating people in iran right now mm-hmm. uh if yeah, they can I pull mean, off that kind of maneuver thanks can... thanks carrie for for, for <laughs> uh the opposite end of that actually did we talk about that i don't think we did no no no. when when we when we had the iran episode i talked about how there was like surgical assassination no of, we like, talked new- about it on that direction but we never talked about john Kerry getting in trouble for oh for, for like for admitting spying that? against iran he, yeah spying against iran not the other way around right which was a hilarious story. We'll touch on that later, but yeah, it's so good. I can't believe that story just it it, it bubbled up and disappeared so quickly. Um, well, right, it's because uh, the the GOP brought it up. Well, also because John Kerry's is boring, but he but, is boring. But that was so cool. That was such an interesting thing to hear. Where it's like, what the fuck? John Kerry's doing some like dick swinging. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah, bizarre. and and the reason that it like boiled up and went nowhere is because the news tried to push it especially like the the uh the republican based news right and um when you talk about like anti-jewish movements uh you're you're really kind of in the wrong area if you're on the conservative side <laughs> um because spoiler alert they're actual anti-semites uh, and they don't care if anything bad happens to israel which oh, yeah. is why as you said that so many of them are dominionists right well i'm gonna get into that and i'm gonna get get into why zionism is actually deeply anti-semitic from both like a biblical standpoint uh but also um how israel right. also, is has been used in, in history from a very simple um linguistic standpoint anti-semitic is very irritating to me though i understand and uh and uh think that you should not hate jewish people for sure in fact i think that jews are um people pretty fun to be around i don't know i grew up a lot in synagogues like in all sorts of churches and they they're fun i don't know Fucking yeah, but I, I think Jews are good entertainers. My my uh, my no, my bad bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my thing is always just like you can you can show me any group of people and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. they're just people. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, m- well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you show me any pe- any person's culture, I'm mostly gonna be like, oh yeah, that's those guys are actually really dope. Like I was thinking a lot about. Well, and, fucking, and what like, happens is Filipinos. that people like to have fun, and so like all these so they cult- have cool cultures. Exactly, they're based on having fun. Yeah. So if you yeah, yeah right, but the um. The the word Semitic 
doesn't mean Jewish either. No, it, yeah, it which just, it it's, means, it's weird that yeah. Yeah, so so if you're if you hate Palestinians, I would like to let you know that you are in fact an anti Semite. Yes. <laughs> so oh, let's yeah. take the word back. Take it back. <laughs> yeah. Take anti semi uh, back. It's like yeah. the clerk's two thing, yeah. but I'm not going to say it. But no, yeah. don't worry, little buddy. I'm taking it back. Anti Semite. Yeah, let's brand Netanyahu an anti Semite. <laughs> yeah, BB is an anti Semite. He is actually. Yeah. And and like I said, we'll get into. I I have a whole like lesson plan for us today. All right, let's get with it. <laughs> it starts in World War One, which oh, is the yeah. first link link that we have. All right, that's my um, first or second favorite war. <laughs> it's only one of two, so fifty. I didn't say World War. I said war. Oh, but yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. But also, yeah. Okay. Anyway, go on. Uh, so war, World War One, um. Oil becomes a very, very important component of warfare, right? And so that's what this link is about. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of idefenseinfo.info. Info. Uh, seems good to me. <laughs> uh, well, this, this article name. is actually very interesting because yeah. it recognizes that uh, if we look at the uh, the the script here, yeah. oil became a key factor in military might in the decade before World War One, when the UK Royal Navy and US Navy shifted from coal to oil as a source of power, which was soon emulated by other major navies. Uh, world war one is where it really became necessary because obviously the whole world was at war uh, by 1939 all naval vessels in the world and 85 percent of the merchant ships were burning oil for propulsion uh, this could be diesel or gasoline whatever mm. uh, at the start of the 20th century russia was the world's largest oil producer and responsible for over 50 percent of the global crude oil production go ahead and scroll down just a little bit john However, for both geological and political reasons, the Russian oil fields declined significantly right after the Russian Revolution in 1917. In August 1914, at the start of World War I, the overseas oil imports for the UK and France came mostly from Iran, important, Mexico, and the USA, but German crude oil imports came overland from Romania. However, the pre-military war Sorry, the pre-war military logistics strategy of most countries was based on horses and other animals, and there was a worldwide oil glut since petroleum had few few uses beyond making kerosene for imagine, lighting. Imagine that. <laughs> so, <laughs> World War One really sets the stage for the uh the 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 you know the the war apparatus requiring massive amounts of oil in order to operate. Uh, if we click on the next link, we'll we'll look at a little map of the Middle East here. All right. So um, Iran is where a lot of the oil was coming from. Uh, if you look, there's Iraq in between it or in between it and Israel. Jordan's in the way a little bit, too. Um, and this is kind of uh, what we've seen over the last, I don't know, 50 years or so is destabilization of all these zones leading to Iran. And then Iran had its revolution that we talked about in, uh, in the, the Iran episode and, and in the workshop, which we're doing a uh, revolution yes. uh, component. Good currently. plug. Mm -hmm. Good plug. No, thank you. <laughs> um, Iran, when they had off. their revolution, they, uh, and, and this is much later, uh, the, the Iranian revolution was what? 1980 something. Uh, 1979, 1979. I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So right on the 1980, uh, era. Um, so, you know, oh, and, and not even just in recent, uh, 
history. But, you know, all these all these regions around here have been historically destabilized and and capitalized on by Western interests, uh, nominally speaking, like the United Kingdom and the U.S. Um, So if we go to the next link, we have the the Balfour Declaration. Mm. The Balfour oh, yeah. or Balfour Declaration was a uh, public station statement issued by the British government in 1917, following the First World War, announcing support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, and then an Ottoman region with a small minority Jewish uh, population. Uh, so, so what happened is, where did they place it? Uh, in Palestine. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I just felt like that which, needed which, to be repeated. Uh, which was a nation mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. with with autonomy. Um, so, yeah, you, you have, uh, you know, um, a desire for oil that's, that's really being uh, uh, raised in uh, the United Kingdom and also in the U.S. The U.S. will come into play a little bit later to this whole thing because the U.S. had its own oil stores and wasn't necessarily interested in, yeah. in foreign oil at this point. Can can, can I ask a, uh, a related question, but something that's still maybe a little different? Um, Go ahead. I know every, everyone here had kind of various forms of, uh, of early education, it seems like. Uh, well, right. I know that Mike and I have different forms, but... Um, the how old were you when you realized that or learned that israel was as young a nation as it is i was 24 25 <laughs> oh how about you john i think i was 16 right i was yeah. um i was in community college i think it was probably 19 or 20 so, but, but, but all of these, I mean, 16 maybe makes, See, six, I, I was 16 makes by sense. like hardcore actual Zionists. Right. Right. So that's, oh, that's but, why I had the, the perception of Israel as something that's always existed. Right. And the only reason that I learned that Israel was, uh, was as young as it is at like 20 or 21 was because I took a specific class on Middle Eastern history, uh, at the, at the CC. I just decided to take that out, out of my own, you know. Uh, my own volition. And so without that, I don't know how long it would be before I it clicked for me. So yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Well, well, I, I actually, I guess I should ask John, John, uh, do you recall how you learned this? Uh, I was usually in pre AP or AP classes. Uh, oh, you're school. a smart boy. Uh, yeah. That's why oh, we have oh. them here. Yeah, that's true. But, Somebody's got to keep us idiots in line. <laughs> I, I am an underachiever though. So yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Millennial but, uh, disease gate kid that doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> and also, uh, my grandpa uh, read a lot, uh, which influenced me to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he was also an adult that would talk to me about things like this without like being like weird about it. Like, That's when, cool. like how because you know people get weird about Israel when you're like, yeah, no, they weren't a nation until 1947 or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right, so right. We'll, we'll we'll get into that. Um, <clears throat> so the Balfour. Well, it's, sorry. L- let me just follow that up with just the yeah. idea that it is uh, 
Uh, John had to grow up in a specific familial environment in order to be informed about this kind of thing yeah. uh, and be placed in like special classes, right? Yeah. Uh, for yeah. the smart kid classes, we'll allow the smart kids to know about this stuff. <laughs> the dumb kids, though. Um, well, the smart, I, kids, I only... the smart kids could be CIA agents one day, right? What? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I only learned because Straight I took this agents. like specific class and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? All right. And, uh, I mean, Mike. Mike learned I only somehow, learned but, because but I was late. part of the uh, I was part of the the war apparatus in he Afghanistan. He was literally involving the Middle East. That's why error in, invading uh, the like, Middle East. Why is that's this? That's this wild. whole region so <laughs> fucked up. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And that's why do I feel like I'm not doing anything at all? And I'm just making the situation worse by being here because the people that I'm supposed to be fighting have like Damn. nothing, and I have all the fucking it, it, yeah, utilities it, and missiles and weapons. Like not me as in like myself personally, but right. like the apparatus that I'm but, involved in has this massive uh, dominion over this region. It did not click for me that you were actively serving in the military and may have already been to Afghanistan before you realized realize that iran was like an incredibly recent nation not israel that's, you mean you said iran oh sorry yeah that's also on the mind yeah um, but israel was an incredibly recent nation that's fucking nuts iran not a recent nation <laughs> not a recent I mean, nation <laughs> you know iran into persia but 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 yeah 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 fuck it that's nuts that's crazy yeah that's that's why i figured out and again yeah. because you know I, I grew up in an incredibly zionist home same same here honestly um but yeah but yeah i wasn't encouraged to go to college either so well i, I don't <laughs> think it was encouraged to go to college i think you were you were homeschooled and i <laughs> yeah. wasn't which was part of it Let's go ahead and call me out as an r word right now uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i was schooled by mama and papa me mom you know, and papa I, I think is the I, I do have to say i am very impressed i've uh i've always been very impressed with the fact that you're literate that is Thanks, pretty man. cool. What your uh, homeschooling experience was to me. Yeah. yeah um, like, uh, not, not, not studied by the best people. He uh, no word good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm very autodidactic is, is my like saving grace out of all that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why both you and I ended up learning about this. Yeah. Is because of deciding to be autodidacts. Cool. I tracked down that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so immediately following their declaration of war on the Ottoman Empire in November 1914, the British War Cabinet began to consider the future of Palestine. Within two months, a memorandum was circulated to the cabinet by a Zionist cabinet member, Herbert Samuel, proposing the support of Zionist ambitions in order to enlist the support of Jews in the wider war. Very important thing to consider here. Pretty funny. Um, so, so the, one of the points that I'd like to make tonight is that Zionism is actually deeply anti-Semitic and we already went yeah. through why Semitic isn't the right term, but right, right, we'll, just, right. we'll just stick with this because yeah, no, people, it's the term we have. So yeah, it's the term we have, not the term we deserve. <laughs> It's also um, the term we deserve. Maybe. It is the term we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so so another another facet of why Zionism is deeply anti-Semitic is so you you have on one side of things the group of Zionists who want to use Israel as a a garrison for war interests in the Middle East, right? Um, that's one side of one side of Zionism. The other side of Zionism is deeply 
uh, connected to, um, it's a way to put this gently, but also correctly. <laughs> uh, batshit Christianity, end times, pr- yeah. prophet sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, where in order for oh, the end times of revelation to happen properly, uh, Israel has to be like an actual nation. Yeah. I mean, so all of this is only true if you are a dispensationalist, right? And so I guess that's the term you were looking for, right? Perhaps, yeah. So Which nobody understands. So please, please explain right, it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's pre and post millennial dispensationalists, which essentially it's just the idea that the end times that that Revelation doesn't talk about what it does talk about, which is that Rome is shitting on the Christians, and yep. this is an allegorical tale talking about Rome. But that, but that Revelation um, is a prophetic right document that this thing will occur. And dispensationalism just means to right to dis- Dispense yeah. and the dispensing that occurs to is to make it happen. Well, so go, that, go ahead. That, go ahead. There's a funny pun involved. Maybe I didn't realize that. That's funny. That's really good. Um, but dispensationalism being that people will be dispensed of, yes. uh, as in uh, people will be picked up during the rapture. Yep. Um, and and so you speed that up. You dispense with it to dispense of, right? Mm-hmm. No, so that's that's cool. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so pre millennial uh, pre millennial dispensationalists are people that thought that this was going to occur before the millennia, um, and then the millennia happened, and people had to fucking figure it out. And now we're all <laughs> post millennial dispensationalists. Well, see, I, um, I have this theory that uh, the correct people were picked up in the rapture, right? Yeah, it already happened, yeah. <laughs> and it was like one or three people, so. <laughs> I mean, that's how it would happen, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You um, can't give yeah. fucking eternal life to that many people. You got to pick a very select group. Well, especially you know? with like the it's rules. It's a polycule. Of, uh, you know, the, yeah. the rules of Christianity are pretty strict. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. And and who actually gets picked up in the rapture is a very, very specific group of people. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, Zionism is actually deeply anti-semitic because you have on the one hand uh what we just talked about which is the the christian fundamentalists who think that revelation is a document of prophecy and that in order for the prophecy to happen israel has to be a nation and uh the other the other side of that coin and why this is so anti-semitic is because the understanding is that that the jews are not going to make it to heaven but they just have to exist Right. Yeah, uh, they become yeah. sort of a new sacrificial lamb to the end times that needs to happen. Bataille has entered yeah, the well, chat. Bataille yeah. has entered the chat. <laughs> Go Isn't, ahead, John. Uh, some of the some of the more fiery and fire and brimstone ones uh, do literally think it's a sacrifice, isn't? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm. That, that's where I'm and, saying. Like, I grew up in a deeply Zionist home. Yeah, and that's the impression I got from what the Jews are supposed to be is basically an actual sacrifice. Look, it's for... the final solution to bring God back. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah. laughs> um, what? Yeah. What? And, no, uh, I mean, you know, it, final it solution as bad as Nazis, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. They're Nazis. Yeah, yeah. they are Nazis. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then you know what we talked about just before the the crazy Christian Zionism is this Zionism that's basically placing the Jews and and it's really much of the same thing where the Jews are just uh, being placed in this circumstance where they constantly have to fight against uh, an enemy in this region, right? 
Yeah. Uh, can can we do? I'm sorry to ask, John. Could you do this? What? Look up. What is the population of Israel? Oh yeah, sure. Let's let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. Somebody, I, I, somebody's I, done I, a I need to know this because I have a solution right now. Oh, and no. it is in fact. Oh, stop saying solution. And I didn't mean we're it that time. <laughs> I didn't mean it that time. Uh, I have a one and a half state solution here. Uh, maybe unless it's too high. Which it won't be. John's, John's going to get this over. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's he's doing. The, what is He's it? actually counting every Jew right now. He is. I think he is. Yep. Uh, Tabulating. Ooh. Nine million. Nine That's million? more than All I right. thought. Yeah, that is. That's more, more than I thought. But or or nine. Yeah, nine point three million maybe. Um. So that's still a lot higher than I thought. Uh, but. I would like to invite that every Israeli come as a refugee and live in the U.S. Ooh. Because you already are living in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. in a different way. And the Palestinians should stop being murdered. Man, you're, you're blowing my, like, Deleuzian... Um, uh... Oh, yeah, we need to talk about Deleuze, too, in this. We do. We do. Yeah, um, because, because uh, the memes of Saturn... Uh, posted oh, yeah. this really funny meme the other day where Deleuze oh, talking was, to the IDF. Yeah, was talking yeah. about the IDF and it's like, hmm, you're a your war machine or your <laughs> yeah, you're your you have a war machine, but it's not very nomadic. Right. And that I, I thought about that very long and hard. And I got mixed feelings, but yeah, go on. No, no, no. I realized that the, the war machine is not nomadic from Israel itself. Not because it's it's like a bad war machine, but because the war machine of the IDF and and just you know Israel in general is actually nomadic from the U.S. and the U.K. Well, I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I I want to get really shitty and and like really pick this apart. That's what we do but, here. We get really shitty. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the nomadism of the war machine is not. It's not even spatio-temporal, right? Like, that's... I mean, it has to be temporal to some degree, but it's not spatial. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, he's shitposting, so I'm not yeah. going to, like... No, tell, no, no, no. I'm not going to say, like, my buddy's an idiot because he and I are actually good friends and whatnot, but... Oh, um, friends with the mean And that's the only reason that I wouldn't call him stupid. <laughs> no, Because he's, otherwise, he's a, great... he's a fucking imbecile! The, the few <laughs> conversations... of Saturn is the dumbest person I know! He's got one of the best ath- um, aesthetics on Yeah, uh, no, Instagram. it's good. Yeah. It's good. He's a, he's got bisexual lighting yeah. in meme form. Uh but he's not but, doing uh, the he's not doing the, the tropes of it. You know? he's, he's doing good things. Not openly. But the this nomadism idea is I should rewind. There's so many things we need to talk about because I'm I'm trying to remember what we've talked about in the workshop versus what we've talked about in the uh, let's just start from square one. Podcast. Square this one. Might, this might be somebody's first like introduction. We should do to, we should do an well. episode. Do we have a free? Oh no, we're out of free episodes until uh, June, right? What do you mean free episodes? Yeah, as in we have we have guests coming on. Oh, uh, until June? No, no we, we've got sooner than that. Okay, then we should do an episode talking about uh, Deleuze and Guattari and Israel 
um, in the IDF and stuff. But, but long story short, there's this concept, the most simplistic way I can put it, I guess, is that they're, they're laminations. They're smooth and striated. (laughs) Um, and smoothness is this certain sense of everything being extremely heterogeneous and straightness, uh, is being, uh, excuse me, homogenous and in ordered. So it's a lot like, uh, GBP's, uh, order chaos dichotomy, <laughs> actually, <laughs> oh, no. but we like chaos. Yes. Uh, but unlike him, we like a lot of chaos and some order versus him. who's just like, we just need order. No chaos. Um, until his most recent book, I guess. But anyway, so so they, they, they draw out how a state apparatus uh, functions as something that is constantly working towards homogeneity and, 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 and striation, not straightness. Uh, straightness is included, included in striation, I think. Uh, but, um, but the war machine does not function off of that. And we always think that the war machine and the state machine are equal or connected and they're connected in a certain way, but the state machine is always constantly trying to capture the war machine, but always captures it only in a moment and that the war machine continues to work outside of it and independently of it. Uh, The same way that something like the stock market does, right? Uh, Yes. Stock market is yet again another example. Not not that it should be equated to the uh, the way that the war machine works, which is way more complex. Um, but so zooming forward a lot because I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. But um, the IDF, the Israeli uh, Defense uh, Force, Force. Thank you. I almost said Federation. I'm like that's not right. Uh, <laughs> Israeli, Israeli Defense, defense Force. F words. <laughs> Israeli Defense. <laughs> Fuckers, um, they, uh, they, not the F word I was thinking. No, I know, I know. Uh, that's why I did such a long F because I wanted you to stop me, but nope. Uh, <laughs> they, they train their commandos using the book A Thousand Plateaus. Um, Jesus, oh, they do. Man, I forgot about they that. They do. No, yeah. yeah, I just realized. Um, and when I first learned about this, I was crushed. Yeah, that's, it was so well, sad. They, they're always going to capture something, right? <laughs> right. And the idea is that they view cities as striated spaces, which mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, they could have just read Debord and it would have been easier for everyone. And uh, probably whatever. less like uh, mental um, gymnastics, right? For, well, yeah. Well, uh, we, don't have, to, we don't have to explore that. We don't have to explore but, um, <laughs> but they could have just read like some one of the situationalists to figure this out or just thought a little bit sure. on their own. But, yeah. but philosophy, you know, infuses into our thought and then we think everything's obvious, even though like someone thought it up and then it was obvious after that. Um, like Descartes is a great example of that. Uh, but um, the, the main thing that they learned through reading Deleuze and Guattari is that you no longer needed to invade a street, a block, um, uh, an individual home, but, or, or walk down roads. What you could do is you could blow a hole through someone's ceiling and then through a wall 
and you made your own roads and streets right and you produced this yeah. smooth space inside a striated space and you could really just traverse however the fuck you wanted well, using because, modern technology what, what happens when um, you uh when you blow a hole in somebody's roof and and a wall of <laughs> there's theirs also this yeah is uh they don't want to live there anymore right it also <laughs> smooths the psychic space yeah. right yeah. yeah um yeah it's uh are you Sorry, I was, I was, uh, I have uh, it looked, it looked a wrapper like in my like pocket. Pulling down your pants dick. or something, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pulling my dick out <laughs> to talk cool. about smooth space. <laughs> we're, we're in the same room right now, so it kind of smells like dick in here. Yeah. This is how we segue into OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's we'll, go ahead. We'll do an episode on that later. Sorry, sorry for <laughs> that confusing. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing to bring up. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's interesting and, and the, the psychology and philosophy of, how the IDF operates is uh, obviously very interesting. Oh yeah, um, man, this tastes like so. If we could close this map and uh, okay, so we we. Uh, oh my God, we're still in the Belfort Declaration. No, no, no. we're gonna jump ahead <laughs> oh, a little. Bit. God, <laughs> uh, if you could go, to go, if you could go to the link, uh, Israel's borders. All right, uh, explained in maps. So we we have the British mandate, and by the way. What a fucking like British way of saying this. Transjordan. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Transjordan and uh, oh, British, British mandate. Palestine. British mandate Palestine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, scroll down a little bit, John. The the map I'm looking for. Okay, so we have the UN partition plan for Palestine. This is something that happens in 1947, 48 sort of time frame uh, after World War II. Uh, what happens in World War II is uh, a lot of Jews get killed in concentration camps, which is, of course, horrible. Um, instead of re, I mean, there there was some reintegration going Sir, on. I, I I do want to make one clarification. Go I ahead. made I made a face when you say Jews got killed in concentration camps, uh, and I want to clarify that I zoned out for a second, and when I came back, you said that. And I thought you said Palestinians did. And I was like, that's not true. Oh, but, then, yeah, yeah. but then my mind started reforming. I'm not. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was Genocide like, oh, my God, is... maybe I looked like a Nazi. For a <laughs> Genocide is bad. Um, is is always been a, uh, a Benzo Rehab Dungeon official platform. And always will be. <laughs> yeah. And always will be. Hopefully. Uh, we never know what, what might happen to my brain. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when, when when we're doing this, when we're 90 years old, which hopefully we never reach, uh, oh God, Mike, Mike's mel brain is totally melted. And he's I dimentiated like, myself. Well, I mean, if you really think about what the Jews did after, it's kind of good that... No, no, that's that's no. one of the two things gets, that's getting clipped out in this episode yeah. By, yeah. by our listener. We have a listener that's clipping. Yep. from this clipping and, all of our best moments <laughs> but but also well well you're thinking of diogenes barrel maybe no no oh, okay. I, I was thinking no. of uh, uh sal yes yeah, one, one of our listeners is clipping things out that are really good uh but then diogenes barrel did clip one out that uh makes me feel bad and sad well, and scared he, he uh he no, selectively it was clipped some funny. things it was very funny yeah yeah it was extremely funny again uh, but official now, stance of the benzo rehab dungeon is that you do not fuck children don't fuck kids don't do genocide and don't do genocide we need a that says that <laughs> don't don't yeah. fuck kids don't do jobs i'll make it i'll make it we'll put it up and nobody will buy it 
Um, so oh this, is, this is the original UN partition plan for Palestine. Uh, you might be wondering, why is there a UN partition plan for Palestine? At the end of the uh, Second World War, uh, Palestine wasn't really owned by Palestine anymore. It was owned by the British. Um, and so the British were charged with making a a plan for Palestine because there, there were some skirmishes between uh, Jewish settlers and uh, uh, Palestinian settlers. Uh, to be clear, 13% of Palestinians are actually Jews as well. Uh, but, you know, the the conflicts here are, are complicated, obviously. And, and as... Yeah. as uh, in addition to that, there are, what, 26% of Israelis are not Jewish? Yes. Uh, and a large portion of that are Arab? Yep. And so there is, like, growing dissent and, like, a weird, interesting political uh movement and change going on in because Israel itself. racism happens. Yeah, I, right. I heard in an interview uh, of a uh, millennial that did not want to be called an Arab Jew anymore, that they want it to be referred to as Palestinian because they are Palestinian, but because they culturally live in the Israeli controlled Israel. I didn't know that. Like every, like uh, every time they said Arab Jews, I was like, Oh, these are, uh, uh, I Arabic guess, I people know. who are Jewish. Yeah, yeah. And they're, no, they're these Israeli are Palestinians. Right, yeah, yeah, they're Palestinians. Yeah, right. And after I heard that this like young guy's interview, I was like, oh yeah, like fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Also, there there's an interesting thing moving into like referring to yourself as Palestinian, which you know Palestinians are Palestinians, um, in an arbitrary kind of sense, uh, but yeah. but also in a cultural sense. But but that there is a a long-standing culture of an attempt towards and some successful pan-arabism right of course and so surrendering the term arab is actually a huge kind of uh signifier and 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 move to make yeah uh and and one that i i can't really make that much comment on not not having that much engagement with that but uh, but yeah being being willing to uh claim that you want to be viewed as a Palestinian versus an Arab in a space that wants pan-Arabism, especially in a leftist sense, is um, uh, there's some profundity, to, some profundity to that that I'm not quite entirely parsing, but seems really interesting. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you both brought this up, because <clears throat> if you look at the UN partition plan, the darker brown is an Arab state, and the, the tan color is a Jewish state, right? Obviously, the UN uh, didn't really uh, think about how these demographics actually work. <laughs> what, what they were trying to do was to create a garrison in the Middle East. Um, my, right. my estimation of what was actually happening uh on on the forefront of course they're saying oh yeah we need to uh we need to have a jewish state so that the jews have a safe home look at how many jews died in world war ii from the concentration camps obviously a horrific thing to happen to any group of people uh but you had this this major and and the other thing to, to keep in mind is that uh World War II was not fought on behalf of saving the Jews. No, no. Uh, the U.S. 
continually turned away Jewish ref- refugee boats. Was the, our industry was uh, led and guided by anti-Semites? Yes, we we had a very strong neo or not neo-Nazi, but uh, Nazi movement in America. We, we still have a strong neo-Nazi yeah, movement we, we, in America. We in fact but, refer to our current economic space as being post-Fordist. Yes, uh, and Ford himself being a noted anti-Semite. Yep. Also, our cultural head. Uh, being uh, Walt Disney. Yes. <laughs> uh, we all, we know, yeah. you know, so, we know, you know it's, it's important to note that for, for maybe the everyday American who was fighting in the war, they had some sympathy for, for what was happening to Jews in uh, Europe. Not discounting that my, my great grandfather uh, was one of the first, uh, he was part of one of the first units that stumbled upon like the actual concentration camps. He was horrified by it. And uh, because of what he saw, like in his own way, he became a Zionist because he wanted the Jews to have a safe place to call their own. Um, so, you know, maybe the everyday rank and file soldier had some sympathies for the Jewish people. But the reason that the U.S. entered World War II was not because we had a governmental sense of we need to save the Jews. Um, at the end of World War II, there were all these displaced Jewish people. And uh, anti-Semitism was still strong in all these places we had, like, nominally, like, liberated from Nazi rule. Um, and so the the solution that, that came to mind was, well, what if we ship them back to, you know, the, the homeland, so to speak? And that's why you have, you know, you, you have Jewish people who are very dark-skinned, and then you have Jewish people who are very light-skinned, like Bibi Netanyahu. Um and I don't know exactly like Are what you're doing a whole Ashkenazi versus sorry. No, not necessarily. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but that does factor into what's happening here. Uh, Europe didn't really want the Jews. Uh, and so there, there was a, a push to find a place for them. The better thing would have been, of course, to integrate them back into the societies that they were yeah. displaced from. Uh, but what happened in 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 a large way is that they were put back into uh, Palestine, right. and and you get the UN partition plan for Palestine in order to make this all wrapped yeah. up and good. Let, uh, can, can I really yeah, quickly bring in a different country, uh, which is the reason that the Rwandan genocide happened. Uh, and this happened much later, this happened in the 90s, uh, was because of the fact that w- the Dutch, uh, well, the Dutch didn't leave in the 90s, but no. the the Dutch ended up reorganizing their society with different people on top of others, and then it was fortified by, by different cultural kind of components as they left, where you had certain groups who then carried on this path of colonialism that were more or less, which were native to the space. Uh, and then ironically, it was in fact the, the, the people that were subjugated in some way by them that led this genocide and murdered uh, the, I believe what was the, um, uh, the, 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 Fuck, the term just left my head. We're not uh, the minority group. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and murdered them with efficiency that beat out the Nazis even. Like, just just oh, an wow. incredible bloodbath. And But that this was a continuation of 
uh, and response to this continued pattern of of colonial power um for sure and and the also the same kind of thing if i'm understanding correctly is also how iraq was formed right uh so much of the world in the middle east uh which is again i prefer to refer to it as like southwest asia uh because Middle East is a little racist uh, to begin with because it, it it implies that Britain is the center of the world. But yeah, of um, course. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, this constant drawing of borders and placing one person in in control of another, uh, whether or not the people you say should maintain control or not, is always catastrophic. Fucking surprise, you know. Sorry. So go on. No. Uh, so another thing to keep in mind with the UN partition plan and why I believe it's completely disingenuous from its inception is when you look at the Jewish state and the Arab state, the Jewish state has a very clear wedge through what was once Palestine and the Arab state is is all segmented and weird, right? Like, yeah, like you, you the threes. The yeah the uh, the the Palestinian state was occupied all of this, and what you've done now is you've inserted a separate state that is driving clear wedges through what used to be your state, um, and and you know the 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 UN was formed after World War Two, and you know all these people who are running the UN have a, a clear understanding of how modern kind of warfare operates right and um i don't think this is by accident no i i mean just look at the communication done by the borders mm-hmm. right uh, where you have egypt is half and half but the most populous uh uh cities in egypt as far as my brain is working i mean i guess cairo is kind of split between yeah but they would but, be more down towards the uh, southern area right 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 so so it's going to be easier to enter into israel from the southern space of that border yep. um there's also lebanon is mostly going to be arab per my understanding yep. syria is blocked off uh entirely from the palestinians uh my understanding of syrian history is pretty limited so it's hard for me to say jordan i know has a huge amount of uh, british influence and yes. so it looks like almost all of it ex- apart from one s- very short corridor yeah. is controlled by uh the by israel also the un- entirety of uh most of the the waterways is uh controlled by israel exactly. with a very um uh, yes, uh, and 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 what short, exists short space uh, in the Gulf? What what exists in the lower portion of uh, Israel and and Egypt? My brain's broken. I'm forgetting the name of that. It's the so it's a very important canal. I mean, the Suez Canal is 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 near there. No, that's not it. It's what what is it? What 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 is the fucking what I'm looking for? What's the term? What's the name? Uh, it's like the Red Sea and shit. Um, <laughs> or you, you're you're pausing because you don't remember it either. Or... Yeah, no, I, I just I, I think I just lost it too. Okay, hold on. Um, yeah. Okay, you're gonna do it. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay. 
So there's the Suez Canal that uh, runs through Egypt and then... Uh, yeah, it's on the other side yeah. of Egypt. Uh, it's the Gulf of uh, Aqaba. Okay. So right, a, right. Major, a major shipping area as well. And and uh, Israel has complete dominion over that uh, right. that area. Um, per, per the UN partition plan, the UN partition plan, it should be noted, was never accepted by the quote unquote Arab states. Um Let's uh, let's go down a little bit. So this is the UN partition plan. I feel uh, so embarrassed about all that. Well, yeah, no, I I thought somebody else would have it on their brain. And yeah, I, I I remembered like it was right there in my brain, and that yeah. it would not happen. Yeah. Um. So yeah. we have the 1949 armistice lines, which is worse. Yes, which uh, which happens Jesus. to include Jerusalem as a part of Israeli territory. Yeah. Uh, and we see the very the, carefully too. The if you Gaza look at it. Strip is this very small thing, completely removed from the rest of Palestine. Uh, all the northern spaces that were supposed to be part of the Arab states are no longer uh, part of the Arab states anymore. They're they're all uh, Israeli occupied uh, portions. Also, when when all of this is determined upon. I mean, racial lines are arbitrary to begin with. Of course. Uh, but when all of this is placed along ideological or religious lines, it makes for these weird instances of having to make like something like Jerusalem a space for Israel, right? Right, yeah. And, 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 really, and Jerusalem is a holy toxic. site for both. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Islam but the and, people you're and, trying, trying to focus on. Right. You know, yeah. So we have to protect them. Um, uh, let's uh, let's scroll down just a little bit more. All right. So after the nineteen sixty seven war, I've heard a lot Jesus. of uh, really really uh, horrible historical kind of from the six day war kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. the six day war. All right. So so the the common narrative that goes around about the six day war is that Palestine picked a fight with Israel and Israel just fucking crushed them and uh you know they did they did beat the shit out of them. No, no, no. no. Yeah. They did, they, <laughs> Not no, I know, I know, I know. I'm so the idea is that uh, Palestine picked a fight with Israel. Israel crushed them, took a little bit more land because, yeah, you tried no, to the, fight the, us. The, and the we common narrative is worse than that. It's that six or like six states picked a fight with Israel and then Israel kicked all their butts. And then. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how to tell you that if you uh, if you think all these states picked a fight with Israel when they were being massively funded by outside forces, not even just massively funded, but also massively armed by outside forces. It's like you've, you've got the, the, uh, uh, you know, like the Palestinian forces armed with BB guns and they know that they're going up against a force. That's Don't armed say BB with guns, just say rocks. Rocks. Yeah. You're <laughs> Sorry. Right. No, that's maybe insulting. Yeah. Um, but I mean like, yeah. Mortars. Uh, Palestine has some arms, of course, yeah. uh, but but then you have the Israeli force, which has been historically armed and, and supported by uh, the United States and uh, the United Kingdom. Um, and by this point, the United States is actually very invested in Israel. Um, so, you know, to oh, yeah. like... You would have to be insane if you were a Palestinian, if you were if you were part of like the Palestinian like government apparatus to pick a fight with Israel at this point, because you, you don't have anything and Israel has everything. 
Um, so, so the narrative that, you know, Palestine picked a fight with Israel and then lost. And then Israel was like, well, we're going to take some territory out of this. And we're justified in doing that because you picked a fight with us. Obs- absolutely fucking false. It, it just like by no military means doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so go ahead and scroll down a little bit more. We'll, we'll look at the next map. All right. 1982 after Israel, Egypt peace treaty. The, uh, the Gaza Strip is still there. Um, most of the, uh, the borders are the same. Uh, let's go down just a little bit more. All right. So we have Israel's boundaries today. Um, this is from the BBC. So it's, it's interesting how they, how they kind of like uh, denote these areas, but you've got Israel, uh, basically in the same borders and you have Palestinian civil control and built up Palestinian area. Um, but you can see like some, some erosion happening here. Um, and, and this, uh, this, this article I think was from like 2019 or something like that. Yeah. Also the the notion of palestinian civil control versus built up palestine right. is is similar to like similar and 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 different uh to the idea of uh developed and undeveloped nations yeah right? and and you notice so, that the gaza strip has no palestinian civil control and no built up palestinian area right right um but there's this insane idea that I think is implied by this type of map that brings in the idea that the Palestinians are some kind of occupying force. Yes. And yeah. the other thing to, to, to also note is that Israel has no, uh, has no denotation of mm-hmm. built up Israeli uh, area, <laughs> uh, built up Israeli civil control. Like it's just, no, 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 this is just Israel. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, what we need to worry about is where Palestinian civil control and built up Palestinian area exists. Right. Um, so not the greatest like map ever. Uh, if, if you have no like context for it, but I'm giving you context. So I think yeah. we're good great, with that. Great map with context. Yeah. Great map with context uh, and understanding that weird that they don't apply those same metrics to Israel. Um, so now we enter the the today sort of thing. Um, and today we have, we have the, the, hold on, scroll down. <laughs> Go ahead. It's the, we, today we have the deadly secret of the humble grapefruit. Yeah. That's uh, not what we're looking that's for. That's the ad that we're looking at, which is really something I want to talk about, which is, sorry, stop. On. please yeah. stop. <laughs> uh, so today we, we have, we have encroachment again from, from Israeli forces and, um, I've, I've heard it described as evictions that are happening. Wrong. Eviction wrong. is bad. Yes. That's eviction not what is that the is. wrong term. Eviction implies landlords. It implies yes, a space that's yep. owned by someone else. Oh, speaking my language, baby. Uh, so yeah, we don't <laughs> have evictions happening. We have displacement happening. We have land grabs. We have what happened early on when, when we were talking in the podcast where Dorian was saying that my fence kept extending, uh, Israel doesn't own these areas. Israel is just staking claim in these areas. And what they're doing is they're sending in uh, armed goon squads 
to move people out of these areas and then they're replacing those families with Jews. Uh, and, and they're, they're just like sequentially sort of like street by street, moving people out by force and then putting Jewish families in these homes. Um, and this is not just, you know, something that, you know, the Gaza Strip is just something that Israel bombs every once in a while uh, to, right. to like, assert authority. West Bank, too. Yeah, yeah, and the West Bank is where, where this kind of shit is happening right now, yeah. I think, is is from my understanding. I mean, Gaza has been the real, like, bombing space. but Yeah, but, I yeah. mean, Gaza is, like, actually an open-air prison. Uh, it's been described as that by, by human rights groups, and that's true. It's an open air prison. Yeah. Imagine how much people hate having to wear masks, especially on the right. And then imagine if they had to go through checkpoints. Yeah. And, and the Gaza Strip is full of checkpoints. And they support and, that. <laughs> right. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so uh, what's happening today is, is uh, land encroachment by Israel, uh, which is nothing new. Um, let's go to U.S. foreign aid link. All right, scroll down to the uh, the first page. It's really the most relevant thing. Uh, Israel is the largest cumulative recipient of foreign assistance since World War II. Successive administrations working with Congress have provided Israel with significant assistance in light of robust domestic U.S. support for Israel and its security, shared strategic goals in the Middle East, uh, mutual commitment to democratic values. There are so many democratic states in, in the Middle East. That's like the idea that Israel is the only democratic state in the Middle East is, is fucking yeah. like garbage. Yeah. Uh, so from U.S. support for from for the creation of Israel in 1948 to date, the United States has provided Israel 146 billion current non-inflation adjusted dollars so if adjusted so way for more. yeah if adjusted God, for damn. inflation way fucking more uh and bilateral assistance and missile defense funding um this report was in uh 2020 so far- fairly recent enough that the dollar amount still makes sense if you consider that a 146 billion dollars uh is way more than uh than than is being reported uh, go ahead and go to the next link um, because uh, on top of our our like just dollar funding of Israel, um, military and economic aid. Since 1976, Israel has been the largest annual recipient of U.S. foreign assistance, according to a November 2001 Congressional Research Service report. Israel, U.S. assistance and Oh, that's just the report's name. Uh, it, it has topled, t- totaled a whopping $81.3 billion. Um, Go ahead and go down to weapon sales and grants. Israel is one of the United States' largest arms importers. In the past decade, the United States has sold Israel $7.2 billion in weaponry and military equipment, $762 million through direct commercial sales, more than 6.5 billion through foreign military sales. In fact, Israel is so devoted to U.S. military hardware that it has the world's largest fleet of F fix F F16s. F16s outside of the U.S. I'm I'm 
borderline illiterate. I'm sorry, people. Sam. Um, <laughs> currently possessing more than 200 jets. Another 102 <laughs> F-16s are on order from Lockheed Martin. Let's go to the Joe Biden link. No. Before we do that, do you guys mind if I use the bathroom? Yeah, we do mind. We, I mean, us. you know, I yeah, no, we'll we'll do we'll do a we'll do a pause, Rooney here. Uh, we we've, yeah. we've been going hard for an hour and a half, and uh, John, on top of being a racist, is also a little bladder baby boy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Don't just I take that, man. Look. Fight back against me. Look how have... good Joe Biden looks in that picture, though. Yeah, those hair plugs. Man, he really looks... doing overtime. Worse than me, thank God. Yeah, no, but I, I, have, I have the the bladder of a uh, disabled. Well, boy, so. boo, boo, boo. All right, we a will. Little baby we will... Poopy boy. <laughs> We're taking a break. I'm cutting off recording right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I literally told you when we were coming back, and you could have done that before. <laughs> Hey, why are you? I don't like this podcast, man. I don't like doing it. I don't like doing anything. I don't like recording. I think that all the listeners are stupid. They send me questions and comments that are always just like, "Hey, why is your dick shaped like that?" And I'm just like, "I don't know, man. I don't know why you keep sending me this message." That does not seem to be a podcast related question. That seems to be more of a you showing your dick to people. The problem, the problem is that we're doing video now, which I've always been against, to be honest. But uh, I don't care. Yeah, I know you don't care. I'm not paying you to care about whether or not you're being You're recorded. not paying me. Yeah, I'm at not all. paying yeah. you, like I said. <laughs> but, um, uh, man, it's rough. So we're back from, from our PP breaks because we've got little baby bladders. And we're, we're going to listen to uh, to you know, our, our current commander-in-chief. You know what they Joseph, say about tiny bladders. Joseph Robinette Biden. What do they say about uh, tiny bladders? Just do it. Just tiny everything else. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Or big peepees. I don't know. That one of the two. Definitely doesn't make any Which sense. Which one do we want? Yeah. All right. Joseph, <sighs> Mr. Robinette. Don't don't click play. I'm not ready to click Just play yet. Click play. Uh so so you know, uh <laughs> Joe Biden is a renowned Zionist, and this is one of his uh his earlier uh uh rants about zion and and imagine being this passionate about what he's talking about uh because imagine being a protestant <laughs> that's true um i mean yeah, uh but- he he's a he's a pro zionist he's always been a zionist uh there there's actually video of him saying i am a proud zionist sure uh we we don't need to look into that because he's saying all he needs to say here and then in the next link, uh, we'll look at his, uh, his one one really quick thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Can you get a picture of him just today? Just Joe Biden. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, because that's keep in your mind, everyone, this picture that we're looking at now. Yeah. Airplugs are a hell of a thing. I'll just say that. But I, the, I, I hope the, that's not like too leading. <laughs> it is, but but. But how can you know that the world yeah. is looking at you like this? Right. And then show which I'm balding too, dude. Well, you know whatever. I I but, uh I'll I'll come clean here. Oh, are you balding? 
Uh, and yeah. then, and so, then, so I started going bald when I was 16. Right. And the reason is because I, I have a condition called alopecia areata. Oh, you have the alopecia. That's cool. So I started going bald like way before I should. And I was, you know, before I started going bald, I always looked at all these old dudes that were like trying to cling on to, to the last vestiges of hair. And I was always like, dude, if I ever start going bald, I'm just going to fucking shave my head. Right. Like, why would I want to look like a fucking clown show that's like <laughs> obviously losing all of his hair, but like trying to keep if as much you, of it as possible and like doing weird things with comb overs and comb right, parts. Right. There like, are only two ways to do it. Okay. Okay. There's there's shave your head bald. Yeah. Uh, which I do half the time. <laughs> I, right. I'm, I'm just so tired all the time that sometimes I don't, don't do it clean. Sure. Uh, but at least buzzed. Um, or you allow yourself to bald as a balding man and you're just like, I'm a balding man and it makes me look like authoritative and balding sure. and it's fine. But when you're trying to cling but, on to yeah, it, it's, it's exactly. where it gets sad. Comb-overs right? and shit. And look, yeah. look at Joe Biden. Look at yeah. Joe Biden now. And right. just, did he think that people just wouldn't notice that, that change that had he occurred? he got all that well, hair back? <laughs> <laughs> so well so how long has he had these plugs though like has he had them as long as i've been alive i think since like barack obama's uh presidency at least uh, yeah. Okay. yeah so if we go back to the uh the the actual thing that we want to watch about joe biden shut up mike which is uh, people want to talk about biden's hair yeah i'm sure that's, that's, that's what that's the people thing. want that's, that's what that's people what i'm want. here for jesus christ fuck you Sorry, I had to say it once. It's, uh, people tell me it's my cash line. So. It is your cash line. Uh, so this is Joe Biden um, talking about uh, Israel in a very interesting way. If we look at the Middle East. He's always sounded like an old man. I think it's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body, for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United States would have to go out and invent an Israel. He's not wrong in an evil sense. No, no, he's he's absolutely right. And uh, the... the uh the thing to take away from that is that Sagar guy. Fuck. No, no, we don't want to watch this. We don't want to watch this. <laughs> Why Crystal did you do ball. this, John? God. Uh, if we look totally at Mike. the Middle East. <laughs> All yeah, right. If we look at the Middle East, what, Mike? I'm I'm docking your pay for this episode. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> because I don't pay you anyways. Um. Uh. So. So. Uh. <laughs> Fuck, what was I talking about? The, oh, the, our interests in the Middle East. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Biden clearly understands that we have imperialist in, in, interests in the Middle East uh, that stem from Israel. If Israel didn't exist, the United States would have to invent an Israel to protect her interests there. Um Ooh, you pronounce, you, you determine that the U.S. is female. No, no, no. That's what Joe Biden says. He says her. Oh, well, I mean, I, I think yeah. a lot of people do, but uh, I, yeah. okay. I wasn't no, no, sure if that I, was you or no, if it was Biden. No, no, no. I'm, I, I think the United States is a, a dragon machine that has no, that has no <laughs> but, gender. But doesn't have a pussy. Yeah. It, 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 it has 5,000 pussies and 5,000 dicks. <laughs> 
Beautiful. So you hate hermaphrodites. Uh, so I hate yeah. non-binary people. Right. No. Um, <laughs> Clippable. Uh, uh, Joe Biden understands that the U.S. has imperial interest in uh, uh, Israel. Um, if we go... Uh, I guess we already looked at like the the amount of money that uh, the U.S. spends yep. and the amount of arms that U.S. gives or yep. sells to Israel. Yep. Um, and so, you know, uh, if we go to the next link, we've got uh, Joe Biden's campaign promise to the Jewish community. Uh, Joe Biden and the Jewish community, a record and a plan of friendship, support and action. Uh, so we can we can kind of go through this first like little little area. Um, and, uh, and by the way, he's still accepting donations. That campaign's to make, been to make Trump a one-term president. If, I if have, you hit that down by the way, it'll go away. I, I want to read off. I will go. I'll. I'll not, not I will go way. invisible while I do this. But okay. as maybe our closer for the day, I want to read all of the texts that I've gotten from the Trump people recently <laughs> yeah. because I don't know who gave out my number, but all someone right. did, and it's hilarious and scary. <laughs> um so so keep going down um it, it, it's interesting because joe biden is running for president of the united states of america and and this first little section is about jews in america but but if we go down to the next section um so so joe biden's record of unstinting support for israel is what i'm looking at Oh. Uh, so Joe Biden's stalwart support for Israel and his commitment to protect Israel's security and strengthen our two nations partnership is deeply personal and spans his entire career. Since his first trip to Israel in 1973, shortly before the Yom Kippur War, Biden's commitment to Israel's security has been unshakable, fighting in the Senate for critical aid to Israel, calling it the best $3 billion investment we make. Also, that's if, a clip we if just someone listened refers to. to as the Yom Kippur War, you know, you know which side they exactly. were on. Exactly. But so, uh, so you know, first off, we we have this this identification of uh, you know there there's two states at play here, is is the disingenuous thing they say. Uh, what what they give to Israel is tons of money and tons of weapons, and then what they give to Palestine is humanitarian aid, which falls drastically short of what uh, Palestine needs after it's bombed uh, by Israel. But you can see where the money goes. The money, the $3 billion investment doesn't go to Palestine. The $3 billion investment goes to Israel. And Israel is the constant aggressor in this, in this, uh, this, this back and forth between Israel and Palestine. Uh, so, as Vice President, Biden helped ensure unwavering support for Israel's security. During the Obama-Biden administration, he was a key advocate in securing support for life-saving technologies like the Iron Dome, David's Sling. Uh, David's Sling is not defensive. And Aero 3 rocket, uh, or Aero 3 anti-rocket and missile defense systems. Uh, Biden helped shape the unprecedented $38 billion 10-year Memorandum of Understanding for Defense Assistance to Israel signed in 2016, the largest such military aid package in U.S. history. 
Biden has led uh, efforts to oppose the delegitimization of Israel, whether in international organizations or by the boycott, divestment and sanctions BDS movement here at home. Biden took historic steps to prevent Iran or Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon. The Obama Biden administration imposed crippling multilateral sanctions crippling multilateral like when you talk like yeah you're admitting yeah. that you crippled iran <laughs> like, <laughs> right uh, which is what they want to do but they want to imagine that iran isn't full of people right exactly yeah uh, it's, it's iran just is just monster. the government that is antagonist is antagonistic against us and not full of people um which brought Iran to negotiations, paving the way for the joint comprehensive plan of action that prevented a nuclear armed Iran. Um, a Biden administration will sustain our unbreakable commitment to Israel's security, including the unprecedented military and intelligence cooperation pioneered during the Obama-Biden administration, and the guarantee that Israel will always maintain its qualitative military edge. They're... they're this is his campaign promise. He's giving away everything that he's doing now. Yang gang. <laughs> no, Yang not, gang. not Yang, Yang gang. either. Yang gang. Yang gang. Uh, Sorry. So, so the, the final point that I'd like to make about this whole thing is about Yang, I hope. Israel is formed out of Zionist beliefs that are fundamentally anti-Semitic. So that's the first thing. Uh the the role of israel in the middle east is to serve as a garrison for the united states and the united kingdom's uh oil interests in the region uh basically just just a bully force that's being funded by us to to uh keep these oil rich nations on edge and in constant conflict and unable to establish themselves as actual sovereign nations um and then the uh the, the third point is uh that uh biden who was the harm reduction candidate and i'm not going to say everybody who voted for biden is a bad person i i get it uh, but you know, all these like military, uh, not strategists, but people who know how the military works and, and public speaking heads and, and all these people who argued for Joe Biden as like better than Trump. And one of the things that, you know, they were, they were hypothesizing that was better than Trump is that Trump recognized Jerusalem as the, uh, capital of Israel, right? And and that's yeah. obviously contentious because the original partition plan is that uh, Jerusalem would be uh, uh, ruled by both Palestine and the new uh, the new Israel government. Well, um, it, it it claims that Israel has won all of the wars and that they are exactly, the owner exactly. of all of the no, space. No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's it's contentious right. so because it, 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 it's not even that it's content contentious that they won Jerusalem, but that they are now the ruler of the entirety of that area. Right. Yeah. And it's good that you're making that that clarification. Um. And and so you know the thing to keep in mind is that Joe Biden has always been a Zionist. He loudly proclaims that he's a yeah. Zionist. And that was me farting. 
Yeah, I heard You're that. Welcome. I don't know if everybody else. Heard I hope that. everyone did. Hold on, I'll do it again. <laughs> no, no, we don't All have right. to do that no. again. Um, did you hear it, John? No, you must have like some kind of noise reduction. Yeah, we no. we have uh, we have. Uh, uh, I I had a table in the way. Also, also uh, uh, that's technology. Dynamic oh, microphones that only pick up sound from certain directions. Regardless. Um, <laughs> You know, there, there's so many people that are like, well, Joe Biden should, uh, you know, step in and say something about what's happening with Israel and Palestine. Right? You voted for the guy that, you know, I'm sorry, you voted for the guy that uh, loudly proclaimed that he was anti-Palestinian. He didn't say he was anti-Palestinian, like, in such terms, but every one of his his uh, his. Uh, uh, policy platforms for being elected was pro-Israel. And when you're pro-Israel in that way, what you're implicitly are is you're also anti-Palestinian. Yeah, you're just pro-colonial. Yeah, you're pro-colonial. And, uh, you know, recognize that what what's happening in Palestine, and, and I'm going to go ahead and just call the whole region Palestine, uh, yeah. is is a colonial is a colonialist effort inshallah um and it, it's a colonialist effort that is that is anti-semitic and that is anti-jewish because it's putting jews on the front lines of danger um it arms them very very well but it is ultimately saying yeah you as a jewish person are are able to die for the things that we want to see happen in the middle east that's always the way it's been. There could have been a solution to Palestine um, without creating this this constant conflict. And, you know, when, when we talk about the idea of peace in the Middle East, it's usually centered around, like, Israel and Palestine uh, to a certain degree. And it's never going to happen because the no. the ruling forces of the Western world – uh, want this conflict to to keep happening, and and we've always taken steps to make this conflict keep happen, happening. Right, and there are politicians on the state side that uh, want to feed off of that kind of thing. Yep. People like uh, Andrew Yang, who I feel like we need to talk about. Do we need? Oh, man, we need to talk about Yang here. We do. All right. What did, what, what did he say this time? Yang Yang pretty much just you said probably that, look up that Israel was Israel defending tweet. itself. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that we would fight against any kind of terrorists, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and that Israel should be able to defend itself. Israel is defending itself. And, terrorists, and that's, yada, that's yada. always the, the uh, disingenuous stance that's taken, right? Yeah. Is Israel has a right and, to self-defense. And it's like Israel will kick a bunch of Palestinians out of their old homes. Right. Uh, not evictions. Let's yep. be very clear. Not evictions. That's what the media keeps right. saying. Evictions but, are happening. No, it's not evictions. The, it's displacement. The, the Yang thing is important because of the fact that he's running for uh, for governor of New York. Yeah, right? and, and New York has a large Jewish community. Right, which is, I think, half of why he's saying that. But also that the... I forget but the name. But he misunderstands, like... The actual Jewish right. community stance, yeah, of course, this. of course. But 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 he's he's running against. I, I forget who the person with the second highest numbers to him is right now. But they are worse in a lot of ways, and so it's 
Oh yeah, we're oh, we're yeah. not getting any He's apologizing good governors. There. Uh, yeah, of of New York, uh, and so there is a real broken thing going on in New York right now. Oh, this uh, is his apology. No, no, the the apology is actually uh, pretty good too. So so let's uh, <laughs> oh. let's let's keep that on the back button. Oh yeah, yeah God, we'll, I don't we'll, want to keep doing this. No, we'll 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 go to the uh, go forward. We'll look we'll look at his uh, his his response. Man, I'm contracted for an hour and a half a week. and You are not under contract. I just forced you to do this <laughs> by my personality. Very so, infectious. So, I'm standing with the people zero. of Israel who are coming under bombardment attacks and condemn Hamas terrorists. The people of NYC will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down terrorism and preserve. By the way, his grammar persevere, is weird there. Persevere. Not preserve. Who fucking cares? Yeah, no. Who cares? <laughs> the same thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that. Like all the uh, the top rated replies underneath that are you're, you're an, an idiot. idiot. <laughs> Andrew Yang doesn't care about Palestinians. Shocker, Mister Yang. If you're going to open your mouth on this issue, it would be unwise to stay silent on the humanitarian crisis that Palestinians are it, facing. It's, as well. it's crazy that the guy that wanted to strip social programs for UBI. Yeah, uh, weird, right? Doesn't think about, like, the ultimate uh, details of his actions. An- another thing that he, uh, he he proposed that was really cool was um, all service members should get infected intentionally with COVID-19 so they, uh, they have antibodies and are ready to serve. I mean, that's... that's- I, no, I, I I still I no, still don't give no, him that. No 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 no. I will. Right. But okay. So he's just he's just a military like pride cuck. That's all he is. And and all that's occurring there is some asshole that like pretended to be in the Navy SEALs once popped up to him and said, "Hey man, I'm such a fucking badass <laughs> that you need me to you, uh, you, you need to know you gotta give me COVID that, so I can be strong later on. If you coughed, if you spat into my fucking mouth, I would swallow <laughs> it and I I'd swallow your fucking spit and I get sick and I want all of our other guys to do that because we're so fucking too, cool. If you, if you and give he's me that, just, he's just a fucking. I'm sure Yang listens to Joe. Rogan on like a daily basis, and oh, so yeah, for sure. And so he's yeah. just what's saying funny, like, what's funny and is all Andrew he's doing. Yang. All he's doing is sorry. I've been listening to Chapa when I fucking it drives me crazy I'm when so anyone sorry. talks over one another uh, because that's all they do. Go ahead, uh, but uh, but he he's just someone that sees someone saying a badass thing. And he's like, oh my god, that's epic bacon. And then he goes on and fucking repeats it. Like, I don't think that's even a thing he wants. He's just a fucking dumbass. What's funny is is somebody like Andrew Yang probably has, like, a sad parasocial relationship with uh, Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's dumb as fuck, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, like... Andrew Yang has probably listened to Joe Rogan and be like, yeah, I, I agree with him. He, he's, he's based and like me. Um... <laughs> As a billionaire, and if I was a billionaire, I, I would be totalitarian in, in everything I do. Like, I don't care if you agree with me. I have the money to. If I was a billionaire and I had someone to give me a hand job at all times, I'd be still pretty much the man I am. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I would just hire a, a, a hand job <laughs> servant. Hand job a day. <laughs> no, not one a day. Come on, hour. Yeah. Okay. That's closer. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, hand if job anyone knows every, me, every they know. Minutes, yeah. I need a hand job 24 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> On the hour, every hour. <laughs> um, whenever you have a social commitment you need two before <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i mean every time i go on a date i need four hand jobs so i can like clear my mind yeah, yeah. you don't want to be like desperate when you go on a fucking date yeah right? it's weird yeah. it's scary yeah you just yeah. gotta be like yeah so i was getting a hand job by four hands earlier and anyway are we done uh, I think we might be on the precipice of hey, done. Hey, fuck you yeah. guys. I don't like any of you. Uh, Palestinians are people. Uh, okay, agree uh, with some of that. Um, <laughs> How's that? I'm, I'm sure that's what is uh, a policy. Pissing my butt, pissing my mouth. Uh, Dorian, I, I forgot to mention to you, after, after this, we need to... Uh, we need to uh, no. Record a new plug for for the uh, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, but we'll take care of that later. And, and uh, maybe the listener will hear it after after we just brought it up. Um, John, anything else that you want to bring up? Uh, I respect you, no. and I hear you, and I listen to you. No, I just uh, wish uh, more people. I don't know, like new history. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Dorian, something you want to bring up? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're doing our our next open workshop uh, in, what, two weeks now? So the 29th. Um, And still not sure what that's going to be. We are, I'm going to be making my decision during the next couple days. So if anyone has suggestions, though I've received a lot of them, let me know. I have some good ideas, uh, but that'll be open to everyone over the Zoom. Um, I will post up a public link as well as uh, share it on the Instagram, uh, but that'll be for the Truncata workshop. I've also opened up the uh, asynchronous seminar itself through the workshop towards um, people on the listener. And so if you just receive the lectures if you hear the lectures at all, it means that you're open for the asynchronous workshop. So that's open to you. Um, and I know there's more than that, but I forget. So cool. Well, all right. If you've, uh, if you've listened to this whole thing, thank you we very much you. for listening. We don't we hate. Wanna, no, we want to want you to die, this, man. We want you to be a piss baby as you crawl into the pit and die. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Mike? What were we you saying? love you very much. Oh, please yeah. take your medicine. Take mine, too. And please share with your friends. Beautiful. <laughs>